Welcome to Patch Notes. Uh, I'm here back with the uh, the sickest of men, uh, but now the most healthy of men, now uh, Jonathan Bernhard. Uh, <laughs> he went from sick, and now he is as strong yeah, as an ox. Let's not make promises I might be legally held to. Uh, but I am, I am uh, able to spend an hour in front of a microphone, so that's good. Well, lovely to have you, John. Uh, we will try and keep everything as quick as possible, which should be easy because we're still in the slow season. Call um, of Duty's coming. Call of Duty's coming. Uh, I'm not going to play it. I hope you Thank will. Thank you. Um, only if I can bill someone for it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. not me. Uh, so, um, uh, how you doing? I'm all What's right. Um, I've been getting back to some old stuff, finishing up Control, which will not be my game this week. Um, being okay. sick, and beyond that, you know, doing my normal thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I um, what have I been up to? I uh, I guess I've just been doing my normal thing, parenting and playing Final Fantasy fourteen. The two <laughs> things I tend to do these days. Uh, I've also been editing some stuff, grading, you know, normal things. I, uh, I'm really the, the game I'm going to talk about this week is one that I'm just really interested in, and I think people should give a look at. Um, I'm not far in it by any means, but I think it's really cool. So uh, I have, you know, more interesting stuff than than have has been going on maybe in the last couple weeks for me. So happy with that. Um, yeah. So without further ado, let's let's just get started. Um, so this week, I think the big thing that's kind of funny is. Uh, that uh, Anthem is doing its very best to uh, produce. Still alive. Um, yeah, it's real rough. Um, this is actually from the 17th. Um, it's a blog post entitled, What's Next for Anthem? It may as well be from the 17th of September 2018. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's by Chad Robertson. I assume that Chad Robertson is the smiling man here, uh, depicted at the top of the. Um, the blog post and it starts hello freelancers which is a email i've gotten many times before i was fired <laughs> um but freelancers are the names of the of the player characters you play in anthem um and so it, it's hello it's, freelancers it's, 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 it's this blog post running through uh what where the game's going and um you know, it spends a paragraph talking about how proud he is of the team and how they appreciate the response and support, which doesn't seem likely. Um, <laughs> I love I love how they're, uh, the the idea that it says, like, mostly I'm happy about creating a um, – I'm going to be creating – I'm, like, happy of creating a great experience for players. I'm like, I don't think – I don't think anyone has ever accused Anthem of creating a fun experience for players. And so the meat of this of this blog post, I don't want to make fun of them too much. I don't want to make fun of Chad, head of live you service don't? too much. I mean, not too much, just just the right amount. Um, they're, they're committing to making tweaks, UI adjustments, mm -hmm. balance changes. Yeah. They are not announcing new content. In fact, they are saying um, in order to address these long-range plans, we are moving away from the axe structure for updates. The axe structure being the main post-game content delivery package. So what they're saying is that when we do update this game, it will be smaller, more incremental, more fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just going to fix stuff. We're just going to change little things. Um, these events will ch deliver challenges and chases similar to what you've seen and are built around some fun themes we're bringing to the game. This, you know, we all knew that Anthem was going to die, um, that it was already dying, that it was dead, basically. Uh, they lost most of their production leads. Uh, the workforce is being transferred over to another project, which is basically dead on arrival, uh, Dragon Age 4. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the, this might be the last time we talk about Anthem on this podcast. Uh, Might be. I mean, the the funny thing about Anthem is this is this attempt to. I don't know. I, I, it feels like it feels like it's an attempt to do uh, with Anthem what uh, what happened with um, uh, No Man's Sky, where like a game literally was was left for dead, and then they were like, "Oh no no no, we're gonna make some changes," and then they made the changes, and then it was fine. Well, I mean, um, there's, there's a crucial difference, which is that the No Man's Sky devs apologized. They recognized that there was a huge problem with the product that they had given out, uh, yeah. as opposed to the product they had promised, 
and they dedicated them. And there were significant monetary problems involved. Sony, I believe, wanted uh, part of the money that they given those devs back, if I remember that whole oh, thing boy. correctly, uh, because they Yikes. did not deliver on the game that they said they were going to deliver. So there was, right, there was a concrete sense of consequence for No Man's Sky, and frankly. It's up in the air whether the No Man's Sky devs have really <laughs> actually cleaned up the act. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people who weren't really that fond of the 2.0 launch. I've seen, I mean, I've seen more people who yeah. like it. And I think like a lot of, I mean, I've played it. It feels a lot better um, than what I saw people playing in the first in the first round. Um, I mean, it, put it this way. You can at least, uh, you can at least argue that they're doing a good job. You can make the argument, right? Whereas with uh, with any sort of, like, Anthem stuff, it's all just, like, someone coming out, like Chad, the head of live service, uh, coming out and saying, like, hey, guys, everything's great over here in Anthem world, and we're really improving things, and no one is doing anything. Yeah. I mean... Like, six people are playing Anthem. And, you know, there's six people playing Anthem, there's 24 people on Reddit complaining about it. Um, that's about <laughs> it. I mean, and the game's dead. Like, I, and I'm not, and I know we've talked about this before. I'm not sure there's a better example of a game that everyone knew was going to be dead on arrival more than Anthem. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knew this was what's going well, to Well, but everyone knew because it, I think, like, I think that's maybe, and we've have said this a million times, like, I'm, you're absolutely right. But I think maybe we, we simplified it a little bit by saying that just because, like, everyone knew it was going to be dead on arrival because. They did that truly, truly bad, uh, well, not bad, but that truly, truly uh, poorly thought out um, beta, right, where they were just like, hey, everyone could have it for a week free. Uh, um, I feel like... And then everyone played it and said, this game is broken. And then everyone played the broken game and were like, oh, yeah, 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 uh, this is broken and no one should play it. I mean, even before that, though, people were like, you're going to do Destiny, but bad? That's that's the that's the concept. <laughs> and it was the concept. It was <laughs> fucked up that you'd put Bioware, the studio, which has never been known for good or tight gameplay, on a Destiny killer. Like, that was yeah. always yeah. a terrible idea. And, you know, I guess they thought they knew better, and they didn't. And, you know, they lost a lot of money. I mean, it absolutely is not a Destiny yeah. killer, um, as Destiny has proven. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it was feels Destiny. bad. Too. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> it's, it's back, yeah. baby. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a weird thing, right? Like it's, I don't know. Anthem Anthem is a weird thing to talk about. Like it feels like a game that it feels like a game that shouldn't be a AAA game. Yeah. Like it feels like a game we should be talking about that was like some indie game or some uh, Kickstarter uh, darling that just kind of flopped yeah. oh, uh, no. just because Wait. it. It, it fell under the weight of its own what expectations. It feels or something. like it's one of those games that just had like online services grow on it like a cancer. Like, mm, like all it yeah. should be is that one jungle map that the game actually happens in, and mm-hmm. the one hub area, and the really like chintzy basic progression and uh, loot services, which all feel like something like um, I want to say the game what was the game called Technomancer. Neuromancer. Mm-hmm. It was uh, some double A, basically uh, European developed um, RPG title. Takes place on Mars. Felt like kind of like a like a like forty dollar <laughs> Bioware game, sort of. Um, okay. It felt you know Anthem seems like that, except with too much money spent on it, and then this like grasping online service ruining the experience for you at every turn. Yeah, it's odd, right? Because like. I know games, we've talked a million times about how everything is games as a service now, and, you know, you'd have to be foolish to think that these companies are not going to do games as a service, but it, I mean, at some point, you have to assume one of the benefits of games as a service is that you can cut your losses. You can say, like, okay, this is dead. We're not doing it this anymore. It's not like, you know, like, Hellgate London is still up and running. Um, They cut their losses. Uh, I think Hellgate London's coming back, though. I saw something about that. Well, okay, so it's coming yeah, no, back, it's not but the they same didn't game. have to it was keep a huge it running. Failure. Yeah, right. So, like, why doesn't Bioware do that? Like, why are they trying to salvage they're this? An EA, they're an EA I don't studio. get it. There's no salvaging it. Writing's on the they're wall. An EA, they're an EA studio, and EA's executives control what they do. And EA's executives, uh, I mean, have you seen EA? They don't know what sunk cost is. 
Well, that's true. I mean, they followed up tepid uh, Far Cry Five with the tepid Far Cry Five. Uh, that was you know really like soft, but yeah. built-in sequel. Um, it's just very <laughs> yeah. strange. Um, it's none of these companies' executives at that level, at that high point, really know how to handle a failure, which is mm-hmm. why they become failures in the first place. Um, because a lot of the people managing these things have no idea what games are about. They're all business people. And business people, I, I have lots of not very complicated, but not very nice feelings about business people. <laughs> um, but they certainly don't know how to develop, how to develop good games. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the main thing. Like, it's not even like, you don't even have to have a really worked out, like, anti-capitalist politics to say, like, oh, you know what, like, or you don't even have to be anti-capitalist at all to say, like, hey, maybe these business people shouldn't be making the game decisions. And I mean, honestly, maybe yeah. they shouldn't be making the business decisions about the games. Well, that's a different because problem. Because they don't actually they seem just to be making be fired. good business decisions about the games either. I mean, if the, if the yeah. tier, if, you know, if the, if the threshold for failure is we have to actually lose the company for you to, you know, face consequences, well... Okay. It's truly bad, yeah. Um, but uh, bad business decisions have, and that means business decisions both externally and how they handle their labor force, and how they handle their development, have destroyed Bioware as a studio. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, perhaps from a capitalist perspective, that's that was the correct decision because you managed to extract more leech-like value out of Bioware while destroying it than you would have if you sustained it, and then you could reinvest that surplus value into another studio to destroy and more people's lives to ruin. Um, and if you want to affirmatively make that argument as a good business decision, I, I implore you to do so and be honest about it. Yeah. I mean, EA is basically just kind of like, and a lot of the AAA studios, I guess they're doing, are, are just kind of becoming these, like almost, almost like vulture capitalism where it's like a, a sense of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get in there. We're going to pick up an asset and we're going to flip it. Like we don't actually have any interest in, uh, in making this work. We just have an interest in like getting what we can flipping it and, uh, you know, getting what money we can after the fact. Well, I mean, I, I, I um, wish they'd flip it. I wish so, they'd sell Bioware to someone. But. Well, I mean, flipping it for assets, not for you know, gaming. Yeah. I mean, money, uh, magics, like dark magics, basically. Yeah, it's hedge fund shit. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's it's a little strange, um, but I mean, it's I guess when you say it that way, it's not super surprising. No. I, um, I mean, watching Anthem like shuffle zombie like through the world is depressing. Um, it's a shame, but because uh, it feels like it might have been, there might have been, it might have had a chance at one point or another, but not now. Oh well, and let's <laughs> never talk about Anthem again. I like that idea. What's next? Uh, Hideo Kojima. Ooh, boy. Death Stranding. Okay, so hopefully everyone saw the giant bomb uh, coverage of the Death Stranding video at EGS. Or not EGS. Uh, TGS. At, uh, TGS. And we should be we <laughs> Excuse should me. Because EGM did the translation. No, IGN. IGN did the translation. Uh, yeah, um, yeah IGN com- provided oh the video. Uh, giant bomb. Yes. Did a provided the commentary hour and forty something minute video where they just sort of stared at it and made faces, um, which is probably the reasonable reaction to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's really it's weird. Really weird. I like it a lot. I and I dislike I, Hideo Kojima's recent output. Like, so I uh, this is kind of interesting. I dislike it a lot. Like, I think I think the game looks bad. I don't think it looks good. Um. I don't see anything about it that looks particularly good. Um, it's a walking simulator. I, that's what it is. Okay. I mean, do we need more of those? No. Haven't we I sort mean, of that's, done that? You know, if the choice is between a walking simulator and a third-person action stealth game, I know which we need more of. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. Fine. I, I, I just don't, I don't see what this is bringing to any conversation. Like, it's about society... You can weaponize your poop. Yep. Like, what? what is this? Like, what is this game? It's not... What am I to make yeah, of it? it? For me, it looks like a AAA massive game that should not have gotten the funding it got. It's ridiculous that it got the funding it got. It only got the funding it got because of 
who the director's hey, name David is. Hideo um, Right. But it does look different. Uh, and I mean, and it's different from other walking simulators in that it actually has mechanics. Now, you may think those mechanics look like dog shit. Um, and a lot of people do. Sure. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. them, a lot of the mechanics are like weight balance on your back and how your shoes work and, you know, pressing the triggers to keep your footing on uneven ground or trying to ford a river and telling where the currents are. It has a granularity to it that you usually only see in shooter mechanics. Except what I find that, really, you know, what I find really strange about this game is like, there was initial uh, excitement about it, and it wasn't like a. It wasn't for stupid reasons, like the. Oh, the I think idea. Reasons. I think it was for. I don't think so, though. Reasons. I think like the trailer looked like it might be okay. I think like the excitement around that was mostly because we like Metal Gear. Well, or whatever. That's a stupid reason, and also the other. Stupid well, that is a stupid were reason. Mads Mikkelsen being in it, and Benicio, uh no Guillermo del Toro being in it. Like, well, those so, are stupid reasons to want to see something, like, just because they've no, got those characters. Those it. are stupid reasons. But the other thing I would say is, like, the good reason to be interested in it is that it had, like, that, so, like, that ladder mechanic, mm-hmm. right? Where it was, like, they, they take the ladder out and you have to balance it and stuff. Yeah. Like, that looked like it might be fun. Like, it looked like it was actually a a way to deal with a world and, and the way a way to deal with, like, materials within a world that was, like vaguely interesting mm-hmm. um and so i mean that i was like well maybe maybe it's just like uh maybe it'll be fun like maybe it'll be interesting maybe he'll do something with it but it feels like every time he introduces something it looks bad and it is worse than uh it's worse than clunky it's boring like there's nothing about it that feels good or fun um it just feels like this game's going to be a drag I disagree. Um, I mean, the latter. Why? 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 Like, what, what? And I'm not. I'm not trying to be like. Uh, I'm not trying to to push yeah. you here, but like, what looks fun about it? Well, to you? I mean, the ladder mechanic. Why did you? Uh, the ladder mechanic, I think, hasn't really changed from what we saw before. It's it's a stupid. No, ladder. and I mean, I'm okay with that. Put it down, and the thing that we've learned about it. Uh, I mean, and honestly, I don't think you could ever really feel that walking across that ladder is going to be fun because it's going to be a balance beam puzzle. I mean, that's what. Yeah, it's you're right. I mean, the there's there's like, nothing like, enjoyable what else about is that. You're be right. About you're that. right. But the way that that mechanic interacts with the world, and you know, he's been very silly about this with the social strand system and pretending very tech like that he's invented the idea of like asynchronous online single player. Um, yeah. But the idea, the, the thing that's interesting about the ladder is the ladder persists. The ladder can appear in mm-hmm. other people's games, and that is actually a lot more interesting than a balance beam puzzle. Um, and no, the way fair. that those, those environments work, where and, and especially with the way that they're having it regulated, where you can, the way that you see people's new shit is regulated by how long you've been playing the game and how much progression you've gotten. So it's not like if you pick up this game three years from now, you're going to open up an area and suddenly like see a metropolis of people's buildings. Um, right. You know that that seems really interesting to me. It, it doesn't quite go to the Fallout Four levels of. Uh, base building, which was a huge thing for Fallout 4, 4, which I thought was... Oh, that's I mean, a lot of people I've talked to have, like, enjoyed Fallout 4 the most. Right, and Fallout 4 is a dog shit game, but what it had in it was that construction aspect, and that construction aspect was fantastic for a lot of people. That's what kept a lot of people coming back. Death Stranding doesn't look like it's that robust. It looks like it has some construction, some building, some ability to change the world to help other people going through the world without actually, like, building your own ranch or something. Um, sure. And I find that stuff interesting. And I find – and I this is the actual thing I, I liked least about the videos is that it showed you actually being able to use an assault rifle because I was hoping – the combat would be so de-emphasized that there wouldn't be lethal options. But I'm assuming that, mm. I, honestly, I kind of think this is a bait and switch. Like, the problems that I have with the game, and I, I know I understand I'm in the minority here. Most people disliked what they saw of that. But my feeling is that it's kind of a bait and switch. I feel like this is going to basically be Metal Gear Solid Five, But okay. that the stuff that he's showing right now is the side stuff, the the things that, you know, are built on top of that of that infrastructure that he already had established. Um, okay. And honestly, you know, I'm in the minority. I like the, the idea of basically play, play, playing the postman. 
because um, that's what you are. I don't mind the idea of playing the postman. The problem I don't like. The thing I don't like about this is not like, oh, it's gonna. There's not going to be a lot of like gunplay. The problem I have with this is like is truly, like what, like what else is he going to add? He's just adding stuff. It's extremely dull. Like it's like, oh, cool. Like I get to look at Norman Reedus's face some more, and like I get to see another Norman Reedus ad. And oh, cool. Like Mads can be Hannibal. Like it feels like it feels like a Kevin James movie where he's just making a film with his buddies. Well, I mean, he is sort of doing that, and that's kind of shitty. I mean, if yeah, I have a stupid. problem with Kojima, and I do have problems with Kojima, it's that he's embraced his auteur aspect when he is at best a C-rate filmmaker. Um, you know, a C-list filmmaker. He's a, you know, he's he's down there with indie talents that ever broke out. His talents mm-hmm. lie in game design. Uh, he is completely uninteresting as a as a movie making auteur. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's weird, right? Like it's just it's just a I don't know. I probably should like should just chill out about it, and and maybe it'll be good. Like I and I I guess like one of the reasons I'm mad about it is because it's going to be such an event. That I'm gonna have to play it regardless of whether I'm excited about it or not. Like I'm not gonna get away well, from it. I mean, it. I, I will play it for the site if we need to. I mean, I don't think it's actually gonna be that well, much of an event. I think this no, is gonna I... be the game that destroys Kojima's legacy. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's. That'll be, I mean, it's, we'll it's his first non-metal. I mean, I, and I say that thinking also that I like what I've seen of the game. I think this will be the game that destroys his legacy because I don't think people are prepared to deal with the fact that he is actually a mediocre auteur in the story space, because I think the story's going to suck shit, um, and mm-hmm. is only really good at the game design stuff, which I think actually, for me at least, looks really good. I think people are going to be bringing to it more, they want that Metal Gear. They don't want mm-hmm. this weird building relationships story across the United States that should be starring Kevin Costner. Um, they don't... You really liked The Postman, didn't you? No, I, it was a shit movie. It was a shit book. But I like the idea. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't think that his, his mystique will be able to survive this. Because I think everyone's sort of preparing to backlash this. Um, I'm preparing to backlash this, and I liked, like, I was skeptical about this, really skeptical until I saw the gameplay and liked the gameplay, but the story looks like dog shit. Um, Yeah. And I'm prepared to backlash that, too, because I don't think he has anything interesting to actually say as a narrative creator. Um, So I I think there's going to be a perfect storm here. Uh, I think that uh, he might have to go and reinvent himself or just flee to Hollywood. Interesting. Well, I definitely don't see it going that south for him, but that is that is interesting. Um, he wrote these tweets, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the initial thing that came up on the Hideo Kojima uh, English site, I DM'd this to you. I, I uh, let me pull it up. Yeah. He, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen uh, both translations. There's there's a couple translations. Floating. Yeah, so there's two translations at least. Um, okay, so the one reads. Uh, oh, it, uh, you read, I'll read. I'll read the original of one. Japanese tweet and what he, he himself tweeted in English. Yeah, so I don't know if I, does he tweet it or does someone? I I don't know. Uh, okay, I don't know. So this it is, is Hideo Kojima underscore en, yeah. which is the the account that most people know. Hideo Kojima for if you are in the English speaking world, like most people won't retweet his Japanese. It's verified. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's him. Uh, So he says uh, Hideo Kojima game means the declaration of me doing concept, produce, original story, script, setting, game design, casting, dealing, uh, directing, difficulty adjustments, promoting, visual design, editing, supervising the merch. So the idea in this tweet is a Hideo Kojima thing means I did everything Mm -hmm. right um, and the funniest one I saw of this was the uh, the Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs thing, yeah. but with Hideo Kojima. Um, but so, uh, what did the other one say? Because I think I think this is the more interesting thing. The 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 translation someone from uh, it was someone from the NYU Game Center did. Um, Naomi Clark, I believe. Yeah, Naomi Clark did. Uh, that was more interesting to me. Do you want to read like, it? That actually. Because uh, it it has some nuance. Like obviously, if Kojima meant what he said there, 
um, he's kind of a jerk. Well, I mean, he's gonna be uh, there's no real way around anyway. it. He's a rich, well, yeah, celebrated we, we understand he's kind of a jerk, right? But, like, that's a jerk statement. Yeah. Um, what, what was posted otherwise is a little more interesting. So can you read that yeah. for us? Uh, Hideo Kojima game, in quotes, means being involved in creation from the early stages, open parentheses, planning, concept, story, script, game design, casting, negotiating, close parentheses, to later details, open parentheses, project management, directing performances, difficulty adjustment, promo, visual design, trailers, merchandise, close parentheses. This label can't be used if the only contribution is a concept, game design, or producing. That seems frankly uncontroversial to me. Yeah, I mean, it's... I guess the question becomes like, okay, did he mean that he was, did he mean the, the more along the lines of the English tweet uh, on the, on the EN account? Yeah. Or did he mean this? I mean, the EN account tweet has obvious grammatical errors in it. Um, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes, it does. We're not looking at a tweet that was rigorously checked by someone. And it even regardless of whether it was made by Kojima or by one of Kojima's Inter, uh, assistance or something like that. We're not looking at a tweet that was rigorously translated. Um, it's got grammatical errors. It's missing like the entire last clause <laughs> of the Japanese tweet. <laughs> sure. Um, yes. <laughs> and, you know, frankly, honestly, it doesn't change that he's a jerk. He's, of course, a jerk. And even the, the, the Japanese tweet sort of erases people who are involved. Not really, but, you know, it, it brings him up as the one person who made all this happen. Uh, right. I guess that's the thing, right? Where, like, it's it reminds me of, uh, like, even Orson Welles uh, acknowledged his director of, of uh, photography, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was a big thing for a long time. And then with the rise of Orson Welles came the rise of, like, the auteur director where, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to. This guy doesn't matter. And, like, director of cinematography is just as important, if not more important, than the director. And then you get into tech, you get into sort of more technology and you have other questions about like, okay, like who's more important now. And, uh, I think like, honestly, if, if it's interesting to see video games get to this point, yeah, I mean, where it's like, you can imagine metal gear solid one, like, I'm sorry, not even metal gear solid one, but you can imagine metal gear one, right? If you wanted to say, this is a Hideo Kojima production. And like, especially with the Nintendo version, say like, I distance myself from this cause it's not mine. Or metal um, gear rising. is a good example. Okay. Yeah. The great. That, um, the Platinum, Platinum Studios game. production, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, uh, you can imagine a world where he could say that with confidence, right? Where it's like, okay, um, the, the, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like, that game had, you know, X amount of me in it. Whereas uh, this game uh, has much more of me in it. And I can, I can say that, uh, you know, this particular game is about me and this particular game is not like you can imagine that in a certain way. I I don't know how you do that with a game like this, right? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, well, I mean, in a certain, to a certain extent, death stranding is going to be a Hideo Kojima game because the only reason it exists is because of the great man theory behind Hideo Kojima. Like he is, to a degree, and, and this goes back to me thinking this is going to break him. He is, uh-huh. to a degree, putting himself out there to a large extent, making a game that for most people looks like boring dog shit. He's making a third-person stealth action game, which de-emphasizes the stealth and the action. Um, right, yes. That's, and he's doing it on like a million-dollar budget. And while that seems like, that might sound like a dream, and it is a dream for many game developers, it also means that when and if he fails... You know, there will be reputational and probably financial consequences. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it is a huge, I mean, it's an absolutely huge um, risk. Yeah, and we can talk about how it, it's probably not good and it's a symptom of how auteur theory has fucked with our understanding of how works of art, collaborative works of art, are made, that it's gotten to this point. Uh, but if you watch the TGS stuff, like, the last ten minutes of day one were dedicated to him, like, putting photo collages up of people who worked on the game and talking about them and thanking them. I, I don't think this is a thing where he's, you know, erasing Roger Deakins or something. Right, um, sure. And I think that the 
that he really just needs to get better quality control on his English account. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I and I think and to a certain extent, he walked into a firestorm that doesn't really exist. Maybe in the Japanese video game industry, when it comes to indie games, on this side, um, mm-hmm. with how the culture of like because of the divergence because everything just like the movie industry in gaming everything's like separating we're getting these massive budget triple a productions that we're getting bargain basement indie games and i'm not sure that distinction really exists culturally at least to, to the extent it does over here over in the japanese industry um, okay. although i'm sure there are some very large parallels just because capitalism works the same basically everywhere um but when you claim to be doing it all yourself, that's as much of a cultural claim kind of over here as it is a actual claim. Like, right. You know, I guess that's, that, that's another a Toby Fox game. Yeah, I suppose sense. that's true. Like, that's another that's another version of like what, what was lost in translation. Yeah. Um, and I think the question is, well, was the actual like intention here entirely lost in translation? Like, was is it actually a cultural thing to think that saying, "Oh, this is a Hideo Kojima game" because I was part of it, is like a kind of a slap in the face, or is it like is that just normal? Like for for Kojima, is he just saying something that he feels like he needs to say to reassure fans? I mean, both can be true. I think it's mm-hmm. just the Japanese translation has being involved in it instead of is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I think there's there's a degree of of realization that he is a manager in the Japanese tweet that isn't present in the uh, English quote unquote translation. Um, and while it would be like we're probably not having this con- too much of this conversation if Metal Gear Five didn't have. 35 credit sequences, all of which had Hideo Kojima's name for two-thirds of the credits, which at the time, the explanation for that was that it was the um, the studio, the entire studio uh, of Kojima Studios, whatever it was called when it was under um, Konami, thumbing their nose directly at Konami. Like, it was an internal workplace issue. Like, okay. they were... they The reason Hideo Kojima's name appears in the credits and the reason there are so many credits is because the entire dev team was just basically saying, fuck you, to Konami. Um, that was the explanation we were given at the time. And there, I wonder uh, if I believe that. Well, I mean, there was also <laughs> that weird thing, like, if you take the first letter or the highlighted letters of a bunch of, like, of an in-game text thing, you get, a like, a, a, a message of support for Hideo Kojima. Um, weird. Which was actually true. I just forget what the actual... Um, parameters of you finding those letters was i mean look he's a beloved creator uh and it's not just because like well and also the things that konami fans were doing there were fucked up like yeah. the, what konami did in, to Mel gear 5's development was fucked up um so there was you know at, at that point in time at least you know people were on kojima's side for that oh um, of course i don't think it's unfair to be on i don't think it's like even controversial really to be on kojima's side for for that yeah it is weird to see what, and maybe this is my sort of final point. It's weird to see what universal acclaim does to a person yep. when they like can break off and then they can be like, well, I pulled myself up on my bootstraps. But in fact, like everyone has been in your corner the whole time because they know how much money you can make and they know how your games can be hits. Yep. Like, it's not like he had to convince anyone at Sony. Like, what? He's going to be like. Yeah, uh, we definitely don't want the guy whose uh, next game will print money regardless of what it is. And I mean, uh, look what they're giving David Cage. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, I mean if you're willing to word. give that to David Cage in Quantic Dreams. Um, yeah, yeah, you're willing to give a lot to, to, to Hideo Kojima. Like, say what you will about Hideo Kojima, but he's produced at least one good game in his life. He's better than David Cage. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually... I think one of the reasons I'm a little more pessimistic about this game is because I liked the Metal Gear games more than you did, it sounds like. Oh, no, um, I love Metal Gear. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I like Kojima's output a, a lot in general. Like, I think I think Snatcher's good. I think uh, what I've Police played Knots, of... Zone of the Enders? Yeah, what I've played of Police Knots is great. I've never played Zone of the Enders, actually, believe it or not. Um, but I've heard it's wonderful. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good designer. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I just... You hate to see someone get so confident in themselves that they produce garbage. Yep. Um, and that's and, this and, feels what it uh, and so far as it goes, that's what 
Metal Gear Solid 4 story was. That was what Metal Gear Solid 5 story was. Yeah, sure. Uh, especially Ground Zeroes. Um, I know people will disagree with how Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, you can just go back through that in 2019 and see how the beauties uh, treat you. And see see if you like that, and you can come back to me. Um, and you know, I you know, there's 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 explanations for it. Like he lost his his writing partner and editor after Metal Gear Solid Three. You know, stuff like that. But eventually, someone gets too big to edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after Metal Correct. Gear Solid Three, he was too big to edit, uh, and he still is. And he once you hit that status, it you never stop because yeah. once someone tries to start editing you again, you get angry. <laughs> Right, because it it's cool to, it's, I don't know, I think, like, it's very easy to lose your sense of, um, Perspective. it's very easy to lose your sense of humility yeah. when you're told that you're a genius. Um, I think, like, not that you have to be abused and told you're worthless or whatever, but just someone saying, like, hey, can I take a pass through on this, just to remind you that you're human, mm-hmm. is uh, is not a bad thing. And it sucks because uh, as someone who has had editors work on their stuff and as someone who has taken criticism, it, you can tell yourself it's not personal as much as you want. Uh, it still will sometimes feel personal because that's just yeah. how the act of creation is. Like it, you create something, it's your, it's you <laughs> to a certain extent. And right. even when yeah. someone's doing very you know, respectful and smart and insightful and necessary – work on it that doesn't mean it feels good you still want every editor to come back and say no this is fine um, I, have, I have no suggestions right yeah. uh and, and it's great when that happens um but then when that happens you get you start getting your head like are they lying did they did they did they just not want to tell me about it um and that's why you need sustained success to yeah. even get past the point of being like oh yeah actually i don't i don't need editors and and, and so you under you can understand why people who have sustained success like this, see their output drop off. It's not just that they've run out of ideas, they've run out of uh, the the necessary barriers to the creative process, not like the economic ones, or like, it, it's not a thing where like, you have to be suffering in poverty to produce great well, art. But I mean, yeah, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, like limitation is like a super important part of, of artistic creation, and not limitation in the sense of like, who can and co- who cannot create, but formal limitation, like, mm-hmm. Saying like, okay, here's the here's the the sort of condition I'm putting my work under today. Like, maybe I'll produce something interesting, or maybe it won't be. And then like, you know, in this case, Kojima's allowed to do whatever he wants. They're like, oh yeah, get your best friends; they can all be in it. Nicholas Winding Refn, sure, he's a Fucking character hell. now, uh, and he's called Heartman. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, heart the female stops the female every characters are like so Fragile VHSs. and Mama. Uh, yeah. I am not. I, I've said some good things about Death Stranding so far today. I am not looking forward to that story. Yeah, it looks bad. It looks it looks horrific. Um, it looks like he needs to find a writing partner again. That's what it looks like. Um, I mean, and if you hear the stories about what he intended the boss of Metal Gear Solid 3 to be with the whole pregnancy thing and, you know... All, <laughs> he just needed... He, he needed, a, you know, the version of the boss that made it into MGS3 is a lot better than the concept ideas that have come out from what Hideo Kojima has said he wanted to do with the character. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to, you know, say that that's because of this person who left or that person who left or this other person. But there was a different collaborative process. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be told, fuck no. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that's that's just important. Um, Yeah, well, we'll see. Death Stranding may be uh, not his best work. Um, I, I think that is a sure. foregone conclusion. It's <laughs> yes. not going to be his best work. But Death Stranding might be uh, just out and out bad. We'll just have to see. Um, I still have hope. I, well, I'll play it. Uh, John, what's, your, what's, your, what's, the last, what's the last thing on your docket? Uh, I've got uh, Laughing at Borderlands 3. Oh, man. Have you played any of it? Absolutely not. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I have, I've got a limited budget right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not being spent because I, I already own Borderlands One and Two, so mm-hmm. like if I yeah. want to play Borderlands, I've got Borderlands One and Two, and and that seems to be the problem with Borderlands Three is it's just more Borderlands. Um, um, I played a little of it because mm-hmm. uh, I um, I don't know I have a sickness of the soul, yeah. and um, it's bad. I don't like it. Awesome. Um, that's my review. 
Yeah, it uh, so it, it sounds it's like more boring. Very unfun to play. <laughs> I, you know, from the gameplay video I've watched, I've watched about three hours of various people playing it. It looks like it spikes a lot more in difficulty. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the ups and the downs are a lot more variable. Like in Borderlands uh-huh. One and Two, there was a smooth line of progression. It was always things were decently difficult or really difficult if you went to the side areas. Or, you know, a little bit more difficult if you ran into a bespoke encounter, let's say, with, you know, a mini boss or something, or an ambush. Sure. With Borderlands 3, what the gameplay I've seen looks like a bunch of people walking up into an encounter and dying over and over and over again until something, dro- a weapon drops that allows them to trivialize the encounter. And then they keep playing until yeah. they get three or four more encounters down the line. And run into another encounter that kills them over and over and over again <laughs> until one of them gets another weapon that trivializes the encounter. And I, it's I, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very sterile game. Yeah, from what I've seen and what little I've played, it's it's a it's it's just a very sterile and dull affair. Like there's not there's not anything that's like I don't I don't know how to say this. Like there's not anything that's very much worth talking about. Yeah. I, uh, I will say that one of my friend's reviews, which is as damning as I could come up with of a review, is it was fun to play Muted with a TV show on until I got to New Game Plus, which is when it got fun. It got fun in New Game Plus? They changed the loot drop rates, so it just gets oh. wilder. Um, and, and apparently <laughs> that that Skinner's box changes to become... So it, like, you know, they remove all the limiters on what loot is dropping, so you're just getting these crazy guns all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds more fun. Yeah, and this is someone who loves Borderlands basic gameplay. Oh, boy. Um, uh, so, uh, but also, there's a another uh, white character talking black, uh, doing raps, uh, talking like it's 2006. Cool. Um, and Chris Hardwick's in there still. Yep, Chris Hardwick. Very- and, you know, they didn't invite many, many or most of the voice actors back, but Chris Hardwick got an invitation. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you know, and one of the complaints of her is that people just talk so much. Like, they're always on. There's always banter. And it's always like freshman comedy stand-up night at the rack. It's so bad. Um, the, sorry, the, the rack was, brutal. for me, the uh, the common area, the student union at my college. It sounded like a, just a, like kind of a standard... Uh, a standard uh, stand-up name. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, so it, it's I'm not going to give it money, I don't think. I don't think Randy Pitchford's Legal Defense Fund needs my $60. <laughs> um, and I uh, bid it good night in hell. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, let's go to the, the final story we have, which is uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. So Fortnite is uh, taking a dip in popularity on Twitch. I think in part because... It is and it isn't. Um, like, I, I want to say the streaming isn't down, but the complaining is up. Well, and they lost some big-name streamers. Yeah. I mean, Ninja is no longer on Twitch. So, yeah. like, Ninja streams Fortnite, and Fortnite is, of course, losing viewers because... Well, I mean, because... isn't he still streaming Twitch on Mixer? Isn't that a Twitch problem? Because it's not like Epic is in, in bed with Twitch. I mean, well, no, but I mean, the Twitch numbers are reflected on true. Twitch. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not like many people are watching Mixer, um, right? So, like, you lose all those numbers, and it's not like you know you can point to the Mixer numbers. But then, like, it's it's not like those numbers are making Twi- are making Epic money either. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's more of a what are they doing in the cash shop uh, thing, and apparently those numbers are getting down. Um, Apparently, they're in season eleven. They've been bleeding like whales. The 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 big power users that spend a lot of money, um, and they're having at this point to change matchmaking to the point where if they want to keep the same lobby times to keep today's uh, riddle and adult zoomers uh, paying attention <laughs> to the game, keep the same wait times. They need to put bots in the game. Which is mm-hmm. just going to ruin like everyone's experience. Have you ever played against bots? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, no, I, I, I knew a guy. My bad. best friend in high school programmed, uh, you know, Counter Strike bots, and they were terrible. I mean, but they they worked. They were terrible. But you could play single player Counter Strike if you want. But it wasn't like it wasn't like playing against humans. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it, there's a reason like none of that actually works if you just start throwing AIs into the rotation, not only because you're losing actual humans who might spend money on your product, but because the product gets noticeably worse. Sure. So no, of course. it's not, you know, and we don't really have great insight into the raw numbers because that stuff isn't really released. But the organizational philosophy that's conveyed by deciding I'm going to put bots in my game instead of <laughs> addressing the problems that are causing longer waits and causing people to leave it. Honestly, I think maybe Epic is about ready to get out of the Fortnite business. I also think it's 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 interesting to to wonder what you would do in Epic's shoes, mm-hmm. um, other than just like retire, uh, just take well, all I my money Epic, and I run. Would just grow, grow the player base simply. <laughs> I mean, the, so the question is like, so Epic. It depends on what player player base you want to grow, though. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, if you believe the hardcore players, they're alienated by the fact that Epic has sort of like messed with the core gameplay. So they've they've kind of like. They've added, uh, they've added a mech, and like, there's all sorts of like funky other things going on, and like, it's a, it's kind of a different game. It's not a pure build and shoot thing. They got away from the core mechanic. I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing I've heard is that uh, shooting is an easy skill in competitive multiplayer shooters. Like everyone, at a certain degree, at a certain degree of investment, you have that skill differentiates competitive Fortnite from everything else is the building, because that is not a skill that you could bring over from PUBG or from Arma or from Call of Duty or anywhere else. It's not a flat, fast twitch reflex skill. That is right. a learned ability that requires knowing a lot of mechanics, how a lot of things work, and how to use them in a very short period of time. That is where, as far as I can see, the actual skill of the game at, at the high levels is contested, is building stuff, repairing stuff, putting new things in, finding ways to get around the things people have put in. Yeah, that seems and right. And in Season 10, it, what's been reported is that they've try, they tried to fix the problems, the, the skill golf, the 80%, 20% golf, where 20% of the players are elite, 80% aren't, um, by adding in OP items for the 80%. Yeah, that's and, not very good. And you can't mess, like, that... They know what they're doing because... They have to at this point. And what that seems like is a quick patch to extract as much short-term value as possible. Because they must know, as everybody knows, that games have lifespans. Um, Yeah. PUBG had a lifespan. Uh, Call of Duty as a franchise has had a lifespan. No matter what happens with Modern Warfare this fall, Call of Duty's glory days are over. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So Epic has to know at this point, Fortnite is, prob- is, was, is at least on the downswing because its heyday was so nuts that it can't be anywhere but its downswing. So, which it, is probably yeah. why what they did with all that money they got from the, the heyday of Fortnite was start a, a game store because that's where they're expecting their money to come from from for now on. And not a bad idea, honestly. No. Um, I think like the the funny thing about all this to me is the and I, you know I don't I should say and I, I'm sure people listening feel this way uh, some do uh, there are Fortnite players in our listener base I'm sure um, I don't begrudge anyone for being upset like I would be upset mm-hmm. if my favorite game seemed to be on the uh, uh, you know heading towards the old uh, the old dead player base in the sky that but like and, and like honestly people are like you're still gonna be able, able to find Fortnite games. Yeah, like PUBG but, is still very vibrant. It's just not. Yeah, you can play PUBG quick, and that's a, that's effectively dead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's not as if like I I don't have sympathy. I would be worried too if that was like my favorite game for sure. The the hard thing about this though is like, what do you expect? What do you expect the What do you expect Epic to do in this case? Where like the vast majority of the players are saying like, yeah, this game's sweet and I love watching it. But like every time I play it, um, I get, I get like completely rocked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never gotten a victory Royale and I want one. And like, I just like, I I'm getting sick of doing this. Um, you know, maybe when you're a kid, you play it out of peer pressure, but after a while, like if you're bored of it, you won't play it. Yeah. And so like, they're thinking, well, like the kids are the people who want to, who are going to spend money on this. Like, they're gonna buy stuff with the the Z bucks. Like 
they're going to beg their parents to do this stuff. Like they're going to steal a credit card. Yeah, of course. Like they're going to find ways to do it and they care about it. So like, you know, let's make it so that they just like win some more matches. And like, as a company that seems like a perfectly reasonable choice. I think how they're going about it is a little strange, but, um, I get it. Like I, if I were in their shoes and I'm glad I'm not, uh, but if I were in their shoes, I would just probably... Oh, I would love to be in their shoes. Well, I mean, you'd hate think to be about sort how of like money a... they're making. I know. I, mean, I guess what they're doing that's is, true. What they're doing is they're managing a decline. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's fair you enough. can either manage it well or you can manage it poorly, but it is a decline. And what I, I guess, quote unquote, the consensus of what they should be doing is they've got all these OP items, these overpowered pieces of shit keep dropping in. And the problem is that they're available in both ranked and casual matches. Right. Just made the ranked matches go back to the original gameplay loop. Probably a lot of people are satisfied. Yeah, Um, and it seems like, you know, there's a little there's a little caveat on the bottom of the uh of the 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 release they put out where it says like basically, oh hey guys, like just so you know, um this is like in ranked that's this whole like bot and uh, and like uh, level cap like level sorting and stuff like that that's just not going to happen. Yeah, we're not going to do that. You get the feeling that they're basically like, all right, look, like we need to distinguish ranked from unranked. Yeah. But as many as many fighting games have learned, you can build a great player base that way that loves playing ranked, but uh, it can mean the death of your product from a financial standpoint too. So. In terms of managing a decline, if they can manage to get like keep somewhat of their uh, of their casual player base while keeping a uh, a professional one, a competitive one, then they have managed it very well. Yep, and I'd wish them luck, but they don't need luck. They've got money. They're probably all like real big jerks too. So whatever. Fuck them. Um, uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know anything about these people. Uh, no, we've reported on what Riot Games is like before. <laughs> that's Riot, not Epic. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. Wait, no, Epic had a thing, Epic. too. Epic had a thing, too. They did? When? Pretty sure. I don't think Epic had a thing. Now, look it up. I'm, I'm interested up. now. Oh no! It was it was epic people asking people not to harass other people. Okay, I apologize to the epic. <laughs> epic only did something nice. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I've I've heard nothing about I've heard nothing bad or good about Epic. They they're like a they're a black box as far as I can tell, and and who knows? I mean I have no idea what their business practices or uh, their uh, employee practices are. As far as I can tell, they just like made a ton of money out of nowhere out of a broken game. And uh, as such, are sort of like weird little wild cards in terms of gaming. Yes, my apologies to Epic Games. Please don't sue me. I don't think they're going to sue you. No. Um, I don't think anyone from Epic listens to the show. But if you do, thanks for listening. Um, John, uh, I think it's time for that part of the show everyone loves to hear. Uh, what uh, what game are you playing? What, what, are you, what are you playing these days? I've, uh, I've moved back. I'm kicking it old school. By old school, I mean like two years ago. Um, or maybe early 2018. Uh, I've been playing Prey Moon Crash, the expansion to uh, my game of the year. Fantastic. Prey. Good game. Um, I didn't play Moon Crash when it came out, mainly because I was still too close to Prey. Uh, and I, I gave it like a 30-minute try, and I was like, this is too different from what I loved. Mm. Uh, because Prey Moon Crash is like, it's a run-based game. Oh, really? It's a roguelite. Oh, uh, wow. A roguelite. So you're you're running through the same... Basically, it's like a, it's sort of like maybe two thirds the size of Talos one, maybe a little bit smaller than that. Okay. Um, and what you have to do is you've got these five characters. Uh, the conceit is that you've received this VR suite. Um, your characters receive this, this VR suite, which recreates the disaster that happens on the moon base uh, right before Talos one gets fucked up okay gotcha um uh, and you're working for a rival company so what your your goal is to go in there and collect information about what happened during this disaster and piece together the uh the events that led up to the moon base that that, uh transcorp or whatever the name was uh was running uh what happened there before all of it got up to talus one and things went 
you know, sideways over um, on that space station. Yeah. And in practice, what this means is you've got five characters with five separate skill trees. You have to get them out of the base. Your, your goal is to escape, and there are five different ways to escape. And a successful run will have you getting each character to their escape in, you know, in a five-person sequence. Okay. Um, if one person dies, obviously you can't complete the full sequence, but you can reset the runs at any time. There is no real game over state. Um, and so, of course, you've got the engineer, who is the only person who can repair stuff. You've got the, the volunteer, quote-unquote volunteer, if you remember how volunteers were treated in the original play, <laughs> who is a, uh, a psychic, and he's got the psi attack powers. You've got a hacker character. You've got a security officer who's the weapons character. And you've got a generalized, like, psi competent character who's got the, uh, the uh, psychoscope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, and each run is randomized, so sometimes certain parts of the base will be on fire or lacking power or lacking oxygen. And so, like, the engineer, for example, have to go and repair stuff, so it's usually in your best interest to play the engineer first. Because okay. she goes through, repairs all the stuff, because stuff persists from run to run as long as you're within the same five run set, as long as you haven't reset the simulation. Okay. Um, and there's story stuff. Each character has a story that you have to finish, and it's impossible to finish the stories the first time out. Um, and uh, most of the stories will require you to do a run in a certain order that isn't ideal. So you'll have to run through it with two characters to prep the simulation for the third character to do their run. Oh, weird. And, and complete the story. Because, yeah, there is, uh, much like the original Prey, spoilers, there is no real truth there. You're uncovering bits and pieces of a story but not getting a full picture. Um, is there a it, plot to it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you're a you're an, an officer on like this insane libertarian quote unquote penalty contract who's sitting in a spy satellite orbiting the moon, and unless you finish this job and figure out what's going on for this competitor of Transcorp, um, they will just space you. <laughs> oh, space. oh boy! And there and there's there's stories. There's a little bit of story stuff around there. It's an expansion set. It's not a full game, so it's maybe maybe you can get twenty to twenty five hours out of it. Okay. Um, wow. But I. It's but a I healthy really, expansion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's if you really just want to do everything. Uh, you can probably finish it in like ten hours. Okay. If you if you apply yourself and aren't really interested in like finding the logs or the bodies and all that stuff. God knows I love applying myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I worked through it this week. Cool. It's great. Sort of make me want to go back and replay Prey, which I might do. Not a hard thing to do. Yeah. Let's be, let's be real. So what have you been playing? Um, so I have been, I have been on my Final Fantasy XIV kick, but I've also right. been, um, <clears throat> and as I said, I've been uh, dabbling here and there with, uh, brief, well, more more so just like watching gameplay of Borderlands to try and get a read on it. Um, it turns out I don't like it. Uh, is is the answer? Yeah, yeah. Um, weird, I know. Uh, not what you would expect. Um, but no, the game I'm actually kind of excited about is called. Um, and I want to get the name right. It's called um, I the Somnium Files, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's AI. Uh, it is a visual novel, effectively. By the guy who did um, the Nonary games and um, uh, oh. like the Zero stuff. Yeah, the Zero, okay. the, yeah, Zero Escape stuff. Um, so the Nonary games are the first Zero Escape stuff, and then there's a Zero Escape, uh, whatever the, the sort of like higher end one was. Um, this is a cool game. It, it's it's neat. It's like a game where basically. Um, here I will read. Uh, I will go ahead and read the plot summary because it's a little more complicated than I probably can give it credit for. Because I'm not far into it. But if um, it's, a, it's from the nonary game guy. Pl- uh, complication is to be expected. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so I is about, and it's it's spelled AI, but it's pronounced I. Uh, but the funny thing is, you're also uh, you also have an AI. Uh, so yeah, it's all very confusing. Right. Uh, so in a near future Tokyo, uh, Detective Kaname Date is on the case of a mysterious serial killer. Date must investigate crime scenes as well as dreams on the hunt for clues. From the mind of uh, uh, Kataru uh, Uchikosi, Zero Escape series director, um, with character design from the No More Heroes and Fire Emblem uh, person uh, Yusuke uh, Kozakai. 
Uh, it's a thrilling neo-noir detective adventure. Um, but it's a pretty, it's pretty neat. Like the, if you, if you go ahead and look at it, like he was given, um, the non-art guy, uh, games guy was given a budget, uh, for maybe the first time ever. Uh, and it looks great. Like it, it basically is sort of like a fully fleshed out, uh, Phoenix Wright kind of dark, I guess, dark Phoenix Wright, uh, game. And it, it, it looks really fun. It has been fun for what I've played in it. I haven't played a lot of it because, you know, you really have to commit a lot of time to a visual novel or at least a lot of sort of like initial investment time into it. And I haven't really had that. Uh, as many people have pointed out, Final Fantasy 14 and all MMOs are very good for people who don't have a ton of time because uh, you can always just stop playing them and it doesn't matter. Uh, I is not that way, but I would encourage people to get on the I train uh, early because um, it is going to be one that's going to be really fun to play, uh, not spoiled. And I feel like since people now know about Zero Escape and Danganronpa Ronpa was the thing, um, I have a feeling this one might get streamed a lot and people might actually like end up spoiling some stuff. So I would say try and play it early, try and get a taste for it. It looks very, very cool. And unlike a lot of visual novels, it is uh, visually interesting. Um, you're not just going to be clicking through speech bubbles. Um, yeah. So I would check that out. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, well, John, always a pleasure. Uh, yeah. what can, what can we expect from you coming up? Um, not being sick, hopefully. Other than that, I'm uh, chugging along. It'd be fantastic if you weren't sick. I would love to. I would love to see that for you. Um, well, I'm I'm looking forward to you not being sick, and uh, I'm looking forward to more patch notes next week. Let's get excited for. I don't know whatever's coming out next week. Oh God, we're uh, it's it's not much. We are, but we're approaching that season. Okay. Well, wonderful. The real release dates. Thanks again, John. Thanks, Trev. Thank you.